It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to another edition of the Under the Hood podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. The Indy Fuel enter the first full week of April with a 25-14-3 record and currently sit in second place in the ECHL's Eastern Conference. Even though the Fuel have hit a little bit of a rough patch in the season as they enter this week having dropped three straight games to Fort Wayne as well as Wheeling and Jacksonville last week. The last two being one-goal games where Indy just couldn't get the equalizer in one despite a really strong third period and a heartbreaker on Saturday night when Jacksonville scored with 10 seconds left in the game to knock off the Fuel 3-2. to two. Still a lot of good things happening with the Fuel, and they look to bounce back and get back on the winning track with a pair of home games this week as they take on the South Carolina Stingrays on Wednesday, April 7th. That will be beer night as we will celebrate National Beer Day. We'll have some drink specials throughout the evening at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. So enjoy National Beer Day as the Fuel hosts the South Carolina Stingrays on Wednesday, April 7th. And then Friday, April 9th, the Fort Wayne Comets come to town yet again as it will be Made in America night, also a do 317 night on Friday night. And then uh, that will launch a brief three-game road trip for the Fuel as Indy will finish the weekend Saturday and Sunday in Fort Wayne and then head to Wheeling next Wednesday for the first of a home-and-home that will see the two teams return to the Indiana Farmers Coliseum next Thursday night. I know we've taken a little bit of a hiatus from under the hood over the past couple of weeks, but back into producing regular episodes of Under the Hood, our podcast. And one reason we took the hiatus was the fuel were in the midst of a 17-day, seven-game road trip. And one of the goals here on Under the Hood is that we bring you our interviews that we've been doing, that we air on our broadcasts. And with no broadcasts since the fuel were on the road, we didn't have any interviews to bring you. So... We took a little bit of a hiatus from Under the Hood for a couple of weeks, but we are back. And we've got two guests, and we're going to get right to them this week. The first is one that we did actually before the road trip, but Michael Pellick has been a tremendous addition to the Indy Fuel. He has six goals in his time since coming to Indy, but also ranks... Fifth all-time in the ECHL with 390 career assists and is one assist away from moving into a third-place tie with Daryl Norin, who played for Charlotte and Greensboro from 1990 to 2000, and John Spoltor, who played for the Louisiana Ice Gators from 1995 through 2001. 389 career assists for Michael Pellick. By the way, he's still a little bit away from the top two. Chris Valasevic has 460, and Louis Dumont has 566, the top two spots on the league's all-time assists list. So here's our conversation with Michael Pellick. What has it been like for you since you've joined the Fuel here in the last couple of weeks? And uh, Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, uh, you know, the guys welcomed me in right away, so it's, uh, it was a pretty easy transition. Um, got here, started playing games right away, so that that helped a lot. And uh, um, just getting comfortable and uh, 
and that you went to change the scenery and you know, I just feel very fortunate to be here and be playing hockey right now. You come to Indy with this group of guys. The room is just a good welcoming group to be a part of. Has that really been your experience as well? As I said, everyone really welcomed me. The energy in the room is is uh, very positive and uh, very upbeat, so it's been a lot of fun so far. What is it like to change teams midseason, especially one that you had seen on the opposite side so many times in playing for Wheeling here early in the year? Uh, yeah, I think we played uh, uh, Indy eight times when I was in Wheeling or something something crazy like that. So um, definitely uh, uh, a little weird, but uh, as I said, I, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Um, on, uh, they won a lot of games early in the season, so hopefully we can continue that. Describe how things have gone for you since you've been here. Three goals, uh, a handful of assists as well, and seems like you, how good was it, even though it was the end of a tough game, to get that first goal, and that seemed to really break things open for you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I felt like I, I've been having a lot of chances all year, and it just um, wasn't wasn't coming, and it, you know, I was always it was in the back of my mind. Every game, so to get that out of the way was uh, definitely a good feeling. And then a three-point night a few nights later against your former team. How good does that feel, especially against a, a group of guys you had played with earlier this season? That was special. Being on this team, there's a lot of very skilled forwards, so that makes it a lot easier just trying to get get them the puck and, and they'll score goals. Describe the way you play. It looks like you're somebody that has a lot of size, but also can mix in a lot of skill and, as a result, play anywhere up and down the lineup. Uh, yeah, I just try to, as a bigger forward, I just try and get to the net and create create space for those uh, smaller, skilled uh, players and, um, um, you know, just, just create room for them. You come from a hockey family. Your brother, Matt, has played for a number of years as well. He's currently in Europe. Your younger brother, Adam's with the Islanders. What was it like growing up in a family full of hockey players? Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, we uh, we skate together usually in the summer. And, um, I, you know, I just think we're, we're each other's biggest fans. So, so that always helps. And uh, just uh, uh, two guys I can always call and talk to if, you know, if anything's wrong and with going on with hockey or anything like that. I know you and Matt got a chance to play together for a part of a season in Utah about six or seven years ago. How special was that for you? Yeah, that was pretty cool. We actually um, played together in a couple of different teams. We uh, were in Worcester together. When he was playing there, I got called up, and um, he was also in Rochester, and I got called up there for a bit. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, that was uh you know, a really, really fun experience. What made it a really fun experience for you? Being able to play with your, your brothers, uh, not many people get to do that in professional hockey, so it was, uh, it was uh, pretty cool. Did you guys grow up with a backyard rink? How did you guys grow up playing this game? Uh, yeah, our dad uh, built a backyard rink a couple summers, and uh, we, were, we were out there as, uh, as often as we could. You've been in the league for a long time. What are some things that you've learned and you've picked up on during your long career that have allowed you to have the success you've had in the ECHL? You know, there's a lot of games at this level, and uh, there's a lot of personnel changes. I think uh, consistency is the is the biggest thing. You know, we play a lot of three and threes and four and fives and stuff like that, 
So I think if you're consistent and um, have good systems and uh, really put the effort into that, you'll, you'll set yourself up pretty good. As a veteran and somebody who's been a captain at several places, uh, how do you carry out that leadership role? And even if you're not necessarily wearing a letter? Yeah, I'm not a very vocal guy to begin with. So I think, you know, just working hard on the ice and, and trying to do things um, properly and professionally is just how I try and conduct myself. You've moved into the top five in the league in the assist chart. You're in the top 15 in points. Uh, what does that mean to you to put yourself in a place where you're among the record holders uh, in the ECHL? I've played for a long time, so um, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I still try and win a championship at this level, so, so that would be really, really special. What's allowed you to continue to play at the high level you've been able to play at for many, many years? I just love playing hockey. Um, being a part of a team is uh, something that I really enjoy. And just working hard throughout the season and in the off season, preparing yourself for the next step is also really important. What's your favorite thing about being here in Indy so far? I've been here. We've pretty much had games um, every day since I've been here, but uh you know, just just coming to to a winning team, um, they're you know in first place, is um, is re- is really cool. Kind of looking back over your career, what's a favorite memory, a favorite moment that uh, stands out to you? You know, I've been on a couple teams where we had um, pretty good playoff runs. One year in Cincinnati, and another year in Reading, where we had really good teams, um, and uh, really thought that we had a chance to win it. So, um, you know, playoffs are the funnest part of the of the year by far so um those uh, long playoff runs are really uh uh special what is your favorite rink you've played in going all the way back to say when you were in junior or throughout your professional career uh in cincinnati i i really enjoyed my time there they have that uh, old barn which uh which i love playing with they got pretty good fans my first couple years i played in ontario california and they, they packed that place. It was a pretty new building at the time. So that was also pretty cool. How did you get your start playing hockey? <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember. I was, uh, five years old and, um, my, uh, brothers, my brother played. Um, my uncles on my mom's side played hockey. So it just kind of, uh, just started, started playing and never looked back. What are your goals for the rest of the season here in Indy? What are you looking forward to? Oh, uh, you know, just definitely, um, coming in contributing and uh just trying trying to win uh win games and um um hopefully go on a really long run in the playoffs well thanks mike uh, for joining us good luck today and throughout the rest of the season thank you very much that's indy fuel forward michael pellick we're going to take a break and come back right after this and that's michael pellick indy fuel forward who has had a tremendous impact since coming to the fuel from the wheeling nailers earlier this season Our second guest is a great conversation we had with Johnny McInnes. Johnny was a part of the Indy Fuels team in 2017-18, the first fuel squad to make the playoffs. And they did so in dramatic fashion, beating the Kalamazoo Wings in a one-goal game in Game 72. It was a winner-take-all game. Winner goes to the postseason, and the fuel ended up winning that game 2-1 to one on the strength of two first-period goals that came very close together, and then they hung on for the victory, playing a tremendous third period to clinch that playoff spot. 
Playoff success is something that has come to Johnny even more recently. He is an assistant coach with the Boston Pride, which won the National Women's Hockey League Championship last weekend at Warrior Ice Arena in Boston. And so we had a chance to chat with Johnny and talk about not just his time with a fuel, but also the championship that he won with the Boston Pride. And he's also bursting a little bit with pride as the Frozen Forest coming up this weekend. And for the first time ever, his alma mater, Minnesota State Mankato, is playing in the NCAA's Frozen Four. Those games will drop the puck on Thursday night and then Saturday night, the national championship game taking place. So here is our conversation with former Indy Fuel forward Johnny McInnes. Johnny is the assistant coach for the Boston Pride of the National Women's Hockey League, which this past weekend won the Isabel Cup, knocking off the Minnesota Wilderness in the championship game. And Johnny, can you describe what it meant to be a part of a championship team and what that has been like uh, in going through that tournament uh, this weekend and knocking off the number one seed Toronto in pretty big fashion on Friday night and then coming back and winning the title on Saturday. Yeah, it was exciting. Um, anytime, anytime you're playing for a championship, um, getting into the playoffs, you know, that time of year is a grind and those are the games you want to coach. Um, and those are definitely the games you want to play in. And that's kind of what I just want to reiterate to our players was, you know, you don't get this opportunity often. Um, I was never lucky enough to play in a championship game at the pro level. So I just, you know, from my standpoint was like, this is, this is your time to shine. And it, I was just proud, you know, the work that our organization put in our players. I mean, because ultimately they're the ones who, who do the heavy lifting and, um, you know, on the ice and performing. So for me, it was, it was very um, satisfying and I was excited, you know, the look on our players faces after, you know, after the game was, you know, that's what you coach for. And it was, uh, it was definitely something that I'll never forget and was awesome to be a part of. Friday night, your team got off to a really good start. Did that really help build momentum going into the rest of the weekend? Yeah. So, I mean, I've, we've had a pretty successful season before I got on board. Um, they, you know, last year, I think they went 23 and one. Um, and kind of ran the table and, and I hadn't seen like in Lake Placid, you know, we didn't play our best games until, you know, the last three and then we got shut down. Um, so for me, it was good to see that we kind of picked up right where we left off. Um, and we took, you know, as much time as off as we did. So it was just good to see, you know, our players gelling together, just like they, they finished up in Lake Placid and then, you know, popping some people back into our lineup that we lost. And I think, you know, our players made no excuses, um, and, th and that was the big thing. They just seized the opportunity we had, and, and Friday night in particular, it was, you know, coming in our barn. It was our first time playing there as a, as a group um, this season, so it was good to have, you know, that behind us. We didn't have to travel and things like that, but we, we definitely made the most of that and kind of took it to them on Friday, and, and it was like we're back, um, and we're ready to go, and it was just exciting to – give ourselves a chance to play for the championship and and the, and the, the ladies really took care of business describe what it was like trying to navigate this fairly unique season in that you mentioned you were in a bubble in lake placid playing a shortened season almost like an international tournament where it's a couple of weeks and then everything went on pause and you had to reconvene how do you navigate the uniqueness of this year yeah it was it was it was great i mean we got i i when it came on board in 
back in September and we've been practicing at least three times a week um, uh, since then. And just to navigate through, you know, back in September, it's like, yeah, we're, it looks like we're going to have a bubble potentially, but nobody knows any details. And it's like, okay, so, you know, you're not playing for months and we're just pr- in the practice mode. So that, that was kind of tough because you learn a lot more about players in games um, especially at that level. And that, for me, I didn't get to see for, you know, months into the job. So from that standpoint, the practice was a grind um, and things like that. And then it was, you know, we finally fire it up and get to Lake Placid. Um, we don't put our best foot forward. We make some adjustments. We ultimately always have the most confidence, you know, that we were the best team, but it, we weren't getting the results we wanted. So then we get another grind <laughs> up in Lake Placid. And then, you know, we, we, we kind of figured out how to embrace it. And I think that was the big thing. And every hockey player is you have to embrace the grind of a full season, whether it's a season that we went through with COVID or it's a season that, you know, is normal. And I think it's a testament to uh, the players' mental toughness, to be honest, because just to wait so long to be able to, you know, do what you love and, and ultimately play for the championship, it was just – it wasn't exhausting, but it was mentally just, you know, the ups and downs and we're playing, we're not playing. And then, you know, we play our best three games of the year or of the tournament in, in Lake Placid. And then we get shut down again and then we're back to practice mode. And we think, you know, we leave Lake Placid. Oh, you know, we're going to finish this. Well, when you don't really know, it's not clear. So we're back to practicing and, you know, we're going to fire it up again. And then and then, boom, it was here. Um and it was just we just kept focused on the ultimate goal. Um, and then and, and that was, you know, raising the cup. And we found out, you know, it was a little exciting when we found when we found out it was going to be in our barn. Um, so I think that gave us a little extra boost. And like I said, the players, you know, when our backs were against the wall through this whole process, um, you know, we got in some must win games in Lake Placid. Um, you know, we won both of those. Then we got in the must win game here two must-win games, too. We won all four of our must-win games, and our backs were against the wall. So it was really good to see, you know, what they were made of. Um, like like I said, when your backs are against the wall, that's that's kind of when you, you dig deep and you, and you figure out what your players are made of. And that was just, for me, that was the best part of the season. One thing I've noticed over the past few years is how much the hockey community in Boston has embraced this team from the beginning. Even though you weren't able to have fans at Warrior this weekend – how special was it to to get the support that you've had? And I saw a number of players were at the Bruins game last night as well. But to have the support you've had from throughout uh, the hockey community in, in Boston and New England. Yeah, it, it's great what, you know, hockey here is, I think it's the biggest sport around here. Uh, I might be a little biased because I'm involved in it, but just the support we have gotten across the board uh, from, you know, the, the Bruins and the other professional teams here. Uh, has been awesome but the response from you know even youth programs um, I know you know our players play so they gave our you know young women a chance to see you know the top players in their sport you know play for a championship like a Stanley Cup because that's ultimately what it was it was their Stanley Cup and for our players in the whole city to embrace it um, Boston has a winning history (laughs) with sports so it was just kind of for me as a as a local kid to be able to whatever capacity you want to be a part of that. And, you know, we have a winning culture as a city and it was just good to, 
kind of be embraced as, you know, one of, because we are, we're a professional team in this city. And that's kind of what, what we're trying to get the sport to is, is, is growing it to that, you know, capacity. And it was, it's been really good to see the support from, you know, news to everybody, the coverage and really putting our players where they deserve to be because we have some, we have some rock stars personality wise on and off the ice. Um, obviously working with our players throughout the year, I've gotten to know them on a personal level as well. And, you know, they're just great people and they deserve what they got this weekend so much, just honestly, because they're such great people. And it's good to see that, you know, finally the rest of the city and everybody else is getting to see what they're all about. And with the, both games on national TV this weekend, really the whole country got to see this as well. How special is it for you to be part of a growing league? This league is fairly young and really beginning to break out and be recognized nationally for the great hockey that's being played yeah that was again just the like i was saying with just in the city you know it wasn't just the city it was on a national stage too um and it's been embraced and it's growing both here and in canada with us you know expanding you know the league and stuff like that it's just going to continue growing and i think that's what it ultimately is about as a player um is growing the game both while you're playing and now that i'm coaching is you just want I, I was lucky enough to get a lot of opportunities and you just want to give, you know, other people the same opportunities you're, you got and then some. So for now, for these, you know, our players to get the opportunity at the national level, um, the national stage to showcase, like I said, again, they're rock stars on the ice and off the ice. And now people are starting to, you know, the follows come with the national attention. You know, they're, people are starting to know what these women are all about and what they do on a day-to-day basis, which is work full-time jobs. And then, you know, a couple of nights a week, they're a professional hockey player too. Weekends, they're traveling with the team during the season. Um, and then they're also students. Like a lot of our players are, in, you know, grad school. We have, <laughs> we have players that are engineers. We have players that are, you know, conducting research for cancer. It's, it's just a crazy <laughs> people, you know, wouldn't know that about anybody in our league unless, you know, you really took the time to dig in and, and that's what we're getting now. So it is a, to be able to see the game grow like it has is from my standpoint is, is everything I got involved for. How did you get into coaching uh, generally and then specifically with the pride this year? Yeah. So my first coaching gig um, came, I would, took a junior coaching job with the new England Knights um, in the NA3HL. So we went through last season. Uh, I think we played one game in the playoffs and then we got shut down by COVID um, like everybody else. So then from there, you know, junior teams really don't, it's tough to survive if you're not playing games. So um, I eventually moved on from that program and I coach, I coach all different levels. I coach, I have my own kind of hockey Academy and skill sessions and things like that. Um, and I also coach for a, for a team around here called the militia um, East coast militia and from there, we actually practice um, at the same rink, uh, their academy, as the Pride. So from there, it kind of just didn't really fall on my plate, but I was able to connect with um, the staff with the Pride. And I had a conversation with Paul that went very good. And next thing I knew, you know, I was on the ice <laughs> and I was blown away at the talent we had. And, and it was like, wow, you know, they're the real deal. So it's it's been fun. Um being able to work with as many players as I have since, you know, since I stopped playing 
um, from all levels from, I mean, I learned, I run, learned to play all the way through, you know, women's professionally. And it's kind of gives me a, a unique perspective, um, you know, for the younger players, when you're coaching at the higher levels as well, you, you know, it's, you carry over, you know, things like good habits, um, things like that and how important they are. And you try to instill them in the younger players. So when they get to the, you know, the older and higher levels, you know, they're, they're already taught those, you know, how important it is to <laughs> to just have your stick on the ice in the slot sometimes when you're defending. Um, little things like that is is what has been fun about, you know, being able to coach at all levels. You played uh, for the Fuel the 2017-18 season. That ultimately ended up making a late run at the end of the year to make the playoffs. And what is something you remember about that year here in Indy? I think I, I, I said something about, you know, embracing the grind. Um, and I think at that group um, that we, you know, I remember when I first got there around December, we weren't, you know, we weren't playoff ready at that moment. Um, and we knew we had an uphill battle, but we knew we weren't out of it yet either. So we had to get back to, you know, a grind. I think, I think my first game, <laughs> I think my first game we played Missouri, uh, we were in a bit of a skid played Saturday night. And then I think the next day we were on the goal line at about 7am, um, you know, grinding and, and, and just getting through it. You know, Bernie, Bernie had an idea and, and Ryan McGinnis, you know, had an idea how to turn and write the ship. And, and we embraced the grind as a team. Um, we had a lot of good, you know, veteran leadership in that room um, with guys that have been around the league, knew how to win, but we also had some young guys that really came in and stepped up too. So, for me, that season, what I remember is the grind. Uh, my teammates, we had a really fun group that year. Um, and, and that's kind of what it goes. Guys that are going to work hard and enjoy it. I think that's what every team needs to kind of embrace. It's like, yeah, it's a grind, but you have to enjoy that and make that, you know, part of what you do. And I think that team, especially, I mean, we made a late run. I think it came down to the last game against Kalamazoo um, at home in, in, in Again, that was something we embraced. It was a Sunday of a three and three on the last day of the year. And it's like, this could be our last game together, but we enjoyed it. Like I had, that was one of the most fun games I've played. And I, I mean, I was always a guy who liked to score, but I remember blocking a shot just, <laughs> just as much as I, you know, putting a shot on that because we had a bunch of guys in that room that would do whatever it took to win. And, and that was, uh, that's what I'll remember about that what was your favorite thing about that time that you had here in Indianapolis? My favorite time. I would say, honestly, my, my teammates, I mean, that's for me, it's, that's why you played. I played as long as I did in that league. I was lucky enough. You could look at it two ways. I was lucky enough to play on a bunch of teams in the league, but that just to me was, I was able to meet a different, such a wide range of people. Um, and then like some teammates would reoccur on my team and it was like, oh, he's back here. But I mean, we had the Rupert brothers, Olchuk, uh, Miskovich, Mike Neal. I mean, we had some character guys on that team that read sex. Like I can go down the list and I know I'm going to leave people out, but, um, that team had such a unique build and a lot of character and they were just so much fun. That was some of the most fun hockey I've ever played, um, was while I was in Indy. The building was electric. The fans were so supportive. Um, we had an owner that, that cared um, at that level. And 
you know, he was around. So you don't always get that in, in that league. So it was just like good to see or good to have that support and then be surrounded by such good people. Um, that's what I remember most about my time there. Uh, you're also the former captain at Minnesota State Mankato. Uh, how special is it to see the Mavericks in the Frozen Four? I mean, this weekend I couldn't have drawn it up any better. Um, it, like Honestly, it was like Saturday, you know, we did what we did with the pride. And then Sunday, just to kind of keep it rolling, I, I think I woke up and I said to my wife, and I was like, oh, well, the Mavericks play tonight at 8. And she's like, watch, more, more hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, she's an absolute trooper. Um, actually, I met Sam while I was, while I was just before I got to Indy. Um, so we have that was for me as another thing that I'll never forget about India is I met my wife while playing there um, or just before. So she was able to be a part of my playing career as well, um, you know, coming to games and stuff. So it's not that was another thing that, you know, I'll never forget. But just back to the Mavericks, that that school and that program um, <laughs> has come a long way. When I first stepped on campus, um, we were kind of at the bottom of the barrel of WCHA and now we're the cream of the crop in WCHA and the country. Um, I think they've got the most wins in college hockey um, in the last, I think it's four years and things like that. And it's just, it's awesome to see what they've turned the place into, especially with they having the same exact coaching staff that I had um, because I know what those guys do and the work that they've put in over the years. Um, and that was kind of, one of the most uh, heartfelt texts I've sent to people was, you know, I texted the three of them and I, you guys deserve this so much. You and your players and, you know, best of luck the rest of the way. But um, that's just, you know, that's hockey. Hockey's a, every team you're on is, is about, you know, a family. Um, I have, I have a Minnesota family. That's all my Minnesota state. I have a Indy family. That's all my teammates. I played with an Indy and my coaches. Um, and now, you know, I have my own family and my wife and I have a, my, my hockey family is now with the pride. And it's just such a small hockey, such a small world and small, you know, the culture is so unique that it, it, it's really a blessing to stay and be a part of it as long as I have. Johnny, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and enjoy the off season and, and, and good luck uh, with everything that you're doing in hockey and with your family as well. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, happy to talk to you and uh, go fuel. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. That's former Indy Fuel forward Johnny McInnes. We'll take a break and be back right after this. And we want to thank Johnny McInnes and earlier Michael Pellick for joining us. Again, two home games this week, Wednesday against the South Carolina Stingrays, April 7th. It's National Beer Day. And then on Friday, April 9th, the Fort Wayne Comets come to town again. It's a do 317 night. It is Made in America night. And also, our friend, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame member Eddie Olchak will be in attendance. He will be joining Nick Olchak and me on the broadcast of Friday night's game. And that has gotten a little bit of national attention, which has been a bit exciting as NHL Network and Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts column on Sportsnet in Canada have picked that up. And it's been Kind of an exciting time to see the Indy Fuel getting some national and North American attention and for us to have Eddie Olchak on our broadcast. And Nick and I are both uh, really excited to have Eddie join us on Friday night. Of course, we want you to join us at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. 7.05, the puck drops each night. You can get your tickets at all Ticketmaster outlets as well 
as IndieFuelHockey.com and call the Fuel office at 317-925-FUEL to get all the ticket information you need for this weekend's games. And again, because of limited capacities, tickets go fast, so make sure you get tickets for this week's games and all upcoming games as soon as possible. You can find the upcoming schedule at IndieFuelHockey.com. And, of course, you can join Nick Olchek and me. And Friday night, Nick Olchek, Eddie Olchek, and me on the broadcast of all home games at Flow Hockey and on Mixler.com slash IndieFuel. Of course, you can find the links to both of those broadcasts on the IndieFuel website in IndieFuelHockey.com. Just go to the broadcast page, and you can watch or listen to all 36 Fuel home games and also all 72 games available on Flow Hockey. I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. I am the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going Under the Hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.